Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. If you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Oh, need a minute to get something to write with? But don't worry, I'll give the number again right after the commentary. Or if you like, you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. When was the last time you saw Diana Ross, Wendy Williams, Diane Wark, Monique, Tina Turner, Whoopi Goldberg, and the First Lady Michelle Obama together in one evening's performance? Well, all you need to do is catch the Sylvia Tremor Morrison show the next time she's in town. Sylvia is the only renowned black female impressionist in the country. Sylvia Tremor Morrison, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Thank you. How are you, Michael? <laughs> oh, I, I'm just so excited. You know, this, I know it's going to be a fun show. I had a crazy day today, but I knew this show was coming up, and I just said to myself, this is going to cap it off for me. 
So welcome to I think you might Amazing be right. Show. I really I think you might be right cuz you oh. guys you have from what I understand there's some some hot action going on on this show today. So I'm <laughs> I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. Awesome. Awesome. So Sylvia, tell us a little bit about how you got into the entertainment industry and um what you've been up to lately. Actually, I've been doing impressions since I can remember. I've always imitated everybody in the family or in the neighborhood at the schools. And then one day I started doing people that people knew. And <laughs> right. I, it just catapulted up into, oh, I like that word I just used. <laughs> well, give us a little taste of one of your impressions. You were doing a little something earlier. So why don't you just do something for us off the off the cuff here? Michael, my favorite on-the-spot impression, I love doing Monique because she's just so popular. You know, she won that Oscar last year. She's got her own TV show. She's on a mission, and whatever I think about her, I just say, Hey, sugar, how you doing, boo? What's up, Michael, with a message of truth? You know what I'm saying, player? <laughs> and so let me ask a question because, you know, yeah. some, some people who do impressions, they do the face as well. So you can do all that as well? You know what? I think God bless me. Um, I've had an opportunity to, to work a lot of places, and I do um, the facial expressions and some of these impressions, and I, I can talk and sing like the person. So it's it's, it's, oh. it's really a, it's a privilege and an honor. It really wow! You, now you didn't tell me you could sing too. Well, they so, can so. sing. But you can see, sing through the impression, and people still understand who you're um, yeah, impersonating. Yeah. And I, you know what? Awesome. I love your voice. I do. I love your voice. Oh well, thank you. You'll be back on again. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I have my wallet right here. You know, a couple dollars I give you. Oh my goodness! You know, I, I had a crazy day today, and that's why I was so much looking forward to this show because I knew that nothing could really um just you know keep me from capping my day off on a high and note. I was trapped in an elevator today earlier for about 25 minutes and just couldn't get out. Oh, <laughs> and this is one of the things that kept me going. I said to myself, I'm just going to let it all go later on this evening. So that's pretty awesome. So tell us of some of the people that you work with and some of the things that you've been doing out in the entertainment industry that's got you to where you are today. Well, um, I think the bit, the first huge, huge, huge thing I did was um, went overseas and entertained the troops. Mm-hmm. Got an opportunity to go overseas and entertain the American troops. And now, that, now, tell us a little bit about how that occurred. Oh God, that is so embarrassing. Um, it's not really, but it's like it's so long. Ago, I entered the Miss Black America pageant. That's when women of color problems with your connection. I, I don't know. Um, do you hear anything strange? No, I hear you well. Oh, okay. Well, go right ahead. I'm sorry. I, I just heard something coming through that sounded like interference. So oh. you were you were a, a pageant queen. Now, did you do comedy in the pageant? I did. Um, I noticed it, and I, I do a bit on stage sometime about how uh, most girls either did a song or dance or dramatic interpretation. I said, just might as well go ahead on and do all three. Oh, so wow. I did um the dramatic interpretation was really comedy. So it was oh. fun. It, it was it was it was I have to admit it was a an incredible opportunity. 
I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thankful to God every time I think about it. So, so. Y- y- you must be, you know, relatively attractive to be a Miss Black America uh, runner-up. Um. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> if I answer it, it's, it's going to be terrible. I don't oh, really? know what people are going to think, but it's put it this way: it. I entered the pageant because I wanted the exposure, not because I yeah. thought I was beautiful, or gorgeous, or any of that. Right. Other stuff. I, at the time, I only weighed like ninety nine pounds. What kind of bathing suit competition was I going? <laughs> and that's serious. That's serious. Really? Um, yeah. So I have a. Uh, I actually wrote about it. I wrote a book entitled um, "Almost There, Almost." The Many Faces of Sylvia Tremor Morrison. I kind of like um, chronicle all of the things that led up into doing entertainment and comedy and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm kind of really excited about that because we're we're in the process of launching it. So. No, oh, awesome, awesome. So tell us a little bit about some of the other um, people that you've worked with in the industry. Um, I think my first. Well, put it this way: I've worked with Gladys Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeffrey Osborne. I toured with Jeffrey Osborne. I toured with uh, Whitney Houston, which I like to think is was the highlight of my touring uh, career. I did 28 cities with her in arenas that seated 30,000 plus. So wow. that was a big. That was a big wow. deal. That was a big because Whitney Houston at the time, back in the 80s, was like she was like the Beyonce of her day. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So there was nobody on that tour, but I was her opening act. And as soon as I left the stage, she came on. There were no wow. bands. There was nothing. There was Sylvia the comic, entertainer, and then there was Whitney Houston. So that was mm-hmm. that was that was a real big one for me. Um, wow. Do you do a Whitney impersonation? Just started doing. I'm going to introduce that probably in about two weeks. Oh, how about in a couple minutes? <laughs> no, because she's not ready, and I would I would oh. not want to not do her justice. You know, it's. I'm real funny about doing impressions before they're ready in, in public really? because I like to feel I like if that person happens to be sitting. Which, by the way, we were in um, L.A. and there were I do Diana Ross and Dion Warwick, and they were both in the audience watching me. Wow, and it do, was weird. Do Diana Ross and Dion Warwick now? Do you have the music for me? Music? Do, you do send you me the, music? Yeah, you know Diana Ross is a singer, and so is Dion Warwick. Oh, you had to sing them. Yeah, you don't just do them speaking. Well, I oh. can. I, mean, I can. I can do. Dion would say, "Thank you so very, very much, Michael, for having me on your show this evening, and <laughs> I'm really looking forward to doing it again." <laughs> okay. And Diana Ross. Diana, being a bad girl this evening. She said she's not coming out unless she can sing because she said she's a diva <laughs> and she needs to sing. And all that other good stuff. But oh, yeah. okay. And so, um, they, can I ask you a question? I know you're sure, supposed sure. to be interviewing me, but I want are you are you like a uh, a person who likes to to go out and and see comedy shows and so forth? Oh yeah, absolutely. So you're gonna you, hook me up at the comedy spot at the um, harbor. Well, I don't know. Now you wait till our other guest comes. Or she's the the hooker upper right there. She oh, okay. And who's that? Is that um, Ray Diva? Ray Diva, well, why don't we go Ray, ahead? And, Ray um, Diva. Go ahead and um, get her ready right now. Let me just tell the listeners a little bit about Ray Diva. Now, 
Ray Diva is a female stand-up comic based out of Baltimore, Maryland, and has been doing comedy for about four years now. But she's open for comedians such as George Wilborn and Cedric the Entertainer and Joe Torrey, just to name a few. And she's also a weekly Internet talk show host. And it's called The Flip Side, or On The Flip Side, which can be seen on icycolor.tv on YouTube.com. And she hosts her own comedy show in Baltimore, Maryland, and is also one of the hosts of Laughs on the Harbor, which is one of the biggest comedy shows in the D.C. area, which is produced by Bob Sumner, producer of Death Comedy Jam and Bad Boys of Comedy, and is currently on tour with the J. Anthony Brown and Friends Tour. Ray Diva, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Ray Diva, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay, yeah, we got you now. Okay, I said you had me tired because you're freedom fighter music. I was about to march on down to the Capitol. I was like, let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) You got me pumped with your theme music. (laughs) Oh, well, I have to tell my co-host Leo about that, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Great job on that. Really appreciate that. So tell Very us fun. a little bit about um, what you've been doing and um, your start in the industry as well. Wow, I've been trying to do a lot. I'm not. I'm not doing as much as uh, my comedy mentor Sylvia Trey Morrison, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting it in. I'm working it out. You know, if this is a tough business, and my uh, my other female counterparts can tell you, you know, you mm-hmm. got to work oh, yeah. really hard, yep. really hard. Yeah, so 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 how did you get into this business? Who helped oh, wow. you first get you started and get you seen out there where it really counts? It, you know what? You don't know the moment that it counts. It all comes up to right. when mm-hmm. it counts. It, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. one minute you're at an open mic, you know, trying out some material, and then the next minute you're on like, or it's a big stage, you know, arena, you know, is. It, you know when it counts is when you can look back and then say, okay, well, this is where I started, this is where I'm at now, and, you know, that's when it really sets in, okay, I'm I'm, try- I'm making way. Because mm-hmm. I don't so, think you never, ever really say you're there, right, Sylvia? It's like right. always trying so, to get there. Now, right. So what would you say your style of comedy is? What are you known for? I am... Um, I will say that I'm urban. However, I'm I, I can be mainstream. You know, I've I started out mainstream. I started out doing comedy at the Gotham Comedy Club mm-hmm. in New York. Um, I decided, you know, I was I had been writing for years, and I never knew that I was writing jokes. I didn't know what I was writing until one day I looked at some of the notebooks because I have stacks and stacks of notebooks, and I'm like, this is funny. Like, I really want to take this to the stage. However, you know, I'm a wife, I'm a mother. And Mm. so I really didn't see it at first. I didn't see how I could become a comic. I didn't know what it consisted of. I didn't know anything. I just thought that I wrote down some funny things that I thought other people would think was funny. So at that point, point, I said to my husband, I said, you know, I'm going to start going to New York. I'm going to start going to Gotham. I'm going to take some classes because I need to know what stand-up comedy is all about? What's the business like? What What is it? And um, I said, when my son is in school all full-time, all day, I'm going to pursue a career in comedy. And he really literally looked at me like I was a dang-gone fool. Right. He looked at me like, are you serious? Like, And, you know, at that time, I'm, I'm hitting 30. So it's like I'm a closing agent for a land and title company. 
So it was, you know, it was something very extreme. However, I don't regret a, a second of it, and not one day. I so know did, you don't. Did he it's finally come around? <laughs> he came around. Yes, he came around after well, I'm going to say it's been four years. After about the second year, mm-hmm. he came around. Because so, you know, it's no money. It's no money. We're not getting paid. I wasn't getting paid at first. You know, it was nothing there. I was just basically shelling out money. Right, right. So hitting the state. So what was it that that made your husband decide that yeah, this is this is real. This is something that could um potentially um be a career for you. What was the turning point? My um just consistency, just me letting him know that this is what I was going to do. And mm. basically you either jump on board or we going to have to part ways. I mean, and I hate to say it like that. Wow. I hate for it to be so cut and dry. However, what I will say is when I let him know that this is what I was going to do, he totally, once he saw what it was that I was doing, he was totally there. So I really didn't have to give him, like, an ultimatum because he was with it. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, you can't do this comedy because any it's a, it takes a strong man and, and Sylvia mm-hmm. knows this to mm-hmm. be with a woman in this business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because for one, it's male dominated. For two, Absolutely. This yeah. man has to be very like with a woman. He has to be very secure in himself as a man, as mm-hmm. a husband. Because you mm-hmm. have a woman that's gone. That men are always around. You know, she's not home. She's accessible to men all the time. You know what I'm saying? It takes a, a strong partner, I'll say partner, to be with a person like us in this entertainment industry. Yeah. And, you know, something else about the entertainment industry, too, it's very, it's intangible. It's not like most people go to work eight hours and every week they get a paycheck or every two right. weeks they get a paycheck. It's about the grind. It's about the hustle. And um, right. you have to do whatever it takes to get it in. And um, right. if that person doesn't understand that they will be a hindrance and a burden to you in pursuing exactly what you need to do. So it does take um, a lot of communication, I think, as well as um, the person really, they have to see the talent in you as well, because I don't I don't think if your husband didn't think you were funny or could do this, he would have right. supported you the way he did. He <laughs> he does, and he's a lot of my jokes. I mean, he knows that, <laughs> <laughs> that I talk about him. <laughs> Well, tell us a little bit. Let's just let's have some humor about him since we've well, seen the drama. Well, I mean, the, you know, I, do, I talk about how cheap he is. You know, my husband is, is cheap. I mean, cheap to the point where I tell people, you know, one of my anniversaries, I, he's supposed to be sending me the flowers. He sends me the seeds. You know, it's like <laughs> the cheapness never ends. <laughs> and it's so oh funny because he really, he's for real. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Sent you some seeds. You yeah, like, I talk about Baby, by he, summertime, boy, yes, you're going to have beautiful. Be awesome. You ain't gonna never have to buy another flower. Yes. <laughs> that is too funny. That is crazy. But yeah, he and now I'll talk about like how he buys me bootleg everything. He never pays full price for anything. It's just he's he's funny, you know. Uh, and you know, I talk about marriage. You know, most people look at me, they don't know that I've been married for sixteen plus years. And wow. and that takes a lot, like to mm. be young and to be married, you are, I don't I don't know if you're married, but yes, I'm you understand married. the <laughs> the situation that I'm in. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, and and Michael, let me tell you this about Ray Diva too, because she, like she said, we we work together a lot. Ray Diva mm-hmm. on stage, I 
Uh, something's Good going on with her. your mic. You're breaking up. Really? Sylvia, I, I, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Are are you on a landline or a cell phone? I'm on a landline. Wow. And I think it might be the cord then. If you can call back on your cell phone, why don't you go ahead and do that, and we'll look for you to come in. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're, you're, you're okay. breaking up. Okay. Um, Diva is not only funny. Uh, we can't hear you. I'm sorry. me, so maybe... Sylvia, you want to call back on your cell phone? <laughs> yeah, she, she'll call back. What we'll do is we'll go ahead and um, bring in our next guest as well. And um, Yeah, let's get Tasha T set up here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, Tasha T was born to be an entertainer. From an early age, she demonstrated a vivid imagination and sense of humor by entertaining anyone who would listen. As a young comedian, um, Tasha T made her stage debut back in the fall of 2007. Her versatile topics and dynamic delivery have allowed her to perform in front of uh, a number of different diverse audiences. She's been the host comic for many nationally known comedians, such as um, So You Think You Are Funny finalist, and also uh, showcased her talent in the following clubs – Magobee's Joke House, the Comedy Zone, Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club, and Wise Acres. Or Wise, yeah, I guess that's Wise Acres. And um, she's also uh, a panelist and a commentator as well, and uh, uh, pursuing acting as well as voiceover, and is looking to actually do her own talk show. Tasha T., welcome to A Measure of Truth. Hello, Tasha. What happened? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you now. Okay, we're back. And I was sort of multitasking at the same time as I was going through that intro, so we'll have to go and redo that later in editing. But Tasha T, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Hi. How's it going? Good, good. And and let me just say, I love the photo. Well, thank you. And thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, that that wall background in the blue and everything, it got me thinking about redoing the studio. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, well, we'll get your paint sets out and work it out. Okay. Talk to it's about hot, Home Depot okay? to get the Spanish man. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about um, how you got into the industry and how long you've been doing this as well. I've been doing it three going on four years as well, and um I've always wanted to be an actress. That's like since I was little, that was like my acting. And um, I was watching, this sounds so random, but I was watching The View because I didn't have no job. And uh, I was watching The View and I saw Sherry Shepard on there when she first got on there. And it was kind of being a comic is how she kind of broke into the industry. And I was like, well, let me try out. I always was class clown and um, was always really silly. So I gave it a try. I started going out to comedy shows. I, I got hooked up with a lot of good people, um, Eddie Bryant, um, Trey Dees, and a couple other big comics that have moved out to um, L.A., and they gave me a lot of good advice. So I started reading up on a couple of books. I watched a couple of films about comedy and kind of just threw myself in feet first. Wow, that's great. Now, um when you first started in this industry, how did you get started? What were your expectations? I mean, 
How does oh my gosh, my expectations. When do you man? When did I come back to reality after I first started? Right. Uh, <laughs> my expectations were, I'm gonna be a full time comic in 2011. Do you see it's 2011, and I'm not no full time comic. <laughs> I don't talk about that. Don't rain on my parade. Um, yeah, when I first started, I thought it was just gonna be a, a vehicle to get me into movies you know i was like this is mm. this isn't anything i wasn't really serious about it i was like this is just something I, to get exposure and when after i got on stage and got my first taste of the mic i fell in love with it i really did and i didn't wow. know people don't understand how hard comedy is like mm-hmm. you, you're you're in your office and you make a joke you know at lunchtime and all your coworkers laugh and all of a sudden you think you're a comic and, and it's people don't understand like like when you're listening to these ladies on the phone, they don't understand. Like Ray's grinding. Ray goes up, to, goes out of town a million times a week. Sylvia, <laughs> we see her on the road all the time. You don't yes. understand. It's it's not just the shows. You're going out. And you're doing open mics two, three times a week, trying to figure out like what's funny and what's not. Right. So my expectations right. were. I was just going to get into it and move to the next. But what really happened is I I fell in love with it, and it's a lot more work than I expected, but I enjoy doing it. Now, I expected you to have an accent of some sort. Oh, well, and, and tell me tell me what would make you think that. Tell me. Uh, the, the Jamaican lineage from Devin DeBio. Why? Oh, yeah, she's back. <laughs> we got her back in there. So you thought I would have an accent? Yeah, yeah. Where would I be from? Because I can be from anywhere. Tell me. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? I'm looking at Tasha's T, and it says something about Jamaican. Oh, my parents are Jamaican. Oh, okay. Now, why are you going to put me through that? You know what I was talking about. <laughs> no, because my parents are Jamaican. That doesn't oh, mean, I see. I, I was born in America. Oh, American. Okay. I speak American. So, so tell me then, if you have um, parents who weren't born here, that's generally mm-hmm. a, a great topic for um, some funny material right there. You know what it is, and I haven't got there yet. I'm still miserable about being <laughs> single, so that's pretty much. <laughs> Maybe when I get a man, then I'll I'll start He's talking about my parents. <laughs> hey, hey, Mike. You know what, Mike? I gotta tell you this, Mike. I gotta tell you this. I gotta tell okay. you this. These two ladies. Ray Diva and Tasha Tommy, we brag that we have the finest women in the area. I mean, all over the country. You've got to come here. If you see Ray Diva and Tasha up front, and live, Sylvia. It, it is not a and joke. Sylvia. Live, you know, okay. Wait a second. Wait a second. Where do you guys think I am? Who? I'm in Springfield, Virginia. Where are you guys? We're oh, in Maryland. I'm in Maryland. Oh, okay. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in England. You're mm-hmm. in England. Oh, you in England? She should be no. in England. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, I'm actually I'm in DC. That's I'm in say, DC. My life is not. Oh, right. okay. <laughs> I was about to say that's a real expensive call. <laughs> I want to be in England. <laughs> but I mean, on the for real side, this is a male-dominated business, and that is some real talk. Men dominate this business, yes. and women have to work extra hard. And don't be a looker. Don't even be a looker because they forget to listen to you. Mm. So busy looking at you that mm-hmm. they forget to hear your brilliance. And we're talking to you, honestly, you're talking to a couple of brilliant women, in, in my opinion, mm-hmm. on this phone call. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's well, serious. It's, it's serious. Well, you know, I think very highly of comedians anyway because you guys do so much off the cuff, and your script can change at any moment. And it's also you have to read your audience. You can't just go out there and do what you're doing. You really have to feel what's out there and react to it and respond to it, and that's part of the entertainment. It's that um, ebb and flow kind of thing. And uh, I used to be a comedy club junkie. I used to go see Martin Lawrence at a place called the Comedy Cafe. Um, and um, that off 15th and K Street. That's right. Yeah, I used to go there all the time. And um, on the open mic nights to see these guys, you know, work it out. So, um, and a lot of these guys have made it, um, like Tony Woods and some of these others as well. But um, I was Can always amazed. Because I knew their material after going so often. But yeah. <laughs> when they were heckled or when something happened there that they could transition to and, and sort of go off on a tangent and still be funny. and I mean, rework jokes <laughs> in a moment's notice, that kind of right. thing. Yeah, Michael, I love I'm that. I'm so glad you brought that up because people really do think every time they see us, they're going to see a new act. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it gets kind of like, okay, I, I, didn't she say that last week? They don't understand that we say this repeatedly. It's like, you know what I had to explain to somebody? It was like, I look at us kind of like how musicians, when they build a song, when they do a song, I look at our jokes as songs, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, you should get the same effect as if you listen to Ashford and Simpson, that's not ever going to go bad. I don't know where they came from. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even You're listen not going to ask Luther to sing a new song. You want to hear the same song he sung exactly. last week? You know? <laughs> And not only that, you have promoters. Say you come out to see us tonight, Mike. Mm-hmm. You think the show was the bomb. It was the bomb. Oh, my God, these, these girls tore it up. So you want to bring your boss back to see them so that you could, you know, introduce him or her and have them maybe on your TV show. So if you go back the next night and they're doing something totally different than what they did the night before. Right. And you're, he's looking at you like, hold up, I thought you said she did so and so songs. What? What? So it it has a, it has serious advantages to mm-hmm. building and growing your set. Mm-hmm. Like Tasha was saying, it's like a song. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, it's a. I know that because I do impressions. If I see somebody two nights in a row, I might even go over and ask them. Uh, you you got somebody with you? <laughs> but no, with Sylvia, this is something that with Sylvia is so awesome. You can watch. I've seen Sylvia's act. I'm gonna say I'm gonna just say guess maybe 15 times. Yeah. Sylvia, and it's like the first time. Every time I get drawn into her act with the crowd because it's she's just like these people. It's just so awesome. Sylvia has one of, to me the best female acts in the country. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and I, I'm Thank going out you. to say that. It, it definitely is captivating. She is brilliant, and no one else can do what she's doing. Wow. You hear right. that, hey, Sylvia? I, I want to go see Sylvia. Yeah, <laughs> you should. And, I mean, no, it is awesome. You see someone do these characters. I mean, she sounds just like Whoopi. I mean, she sounds oh. just like okay. Diana Ross. Do a little Whoopi for us. You didn't do oh, Whoopi yeah. yet. And Whoopi wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute, before I, before I do that, can I um, piggyback on what you said earlier about you sure. go down to the comedy cafe? First of all, I want you to know that I've been in this business off and on for 40 years. Mm-hmm. 40, not, not four, 40. Mm. So wow. I remember when the comedy cafe was all white. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah. Okay, and I'm not saying that to, to go in, in another direction of the race. I'm just keeping it real for you, okay? Mm-hmm. I was I remember when Martin Lawrence first got started. Yeah. I remember when Tony Woods first got started. Yeah. I remember when Chris – I remember all these guys mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I'm their senior, you know, and I'm not saying it on a, a braggadocious man. I'm just trying to give you an idea of how long I've been out here doing this. Wow. Back then, as a matter of fact, we were writing about it today, if you were a comic – and you weren't connected in this area. We only had two rooms. We had the Comedy Cafe and mm-hmm. we had Garvin's. And which one? Garvin's. Garvin's Lab. Yeah, I remember Garvin's that. Garvin's, there was Garvin's and there was the Comedy Cafe. Period. Mm-hmm. At that time, and I, and I don't mean to sound it, I just think this is a very important point that needs to be heard. At that time, when comics went into the club, you were allowed a drink or two at the bar as opposed to getting as opposed to getting paid for your work. And oh, okay. There was there was no place for comics of color to go and feel free about having two or three minutes. I can't tell you the nights. Nice, I'm a female and like I said it's a dominated world so I have a whole different look on what most other newer people that are coming in see. I can't tell you the nights I went to the Comedy Cafe of Garvin's and couldn't even get on stage. Weeks at a time, weeks, weeks. And finally, when they let me on, I get three minutes. Hmm. So it was hard to sharpen your craft. Nowadays, the kids, I call them kids out of respect because it's my, it's my, it's my <laughs> own little personal name. But they have an opportunity with the Internet and with the, oh, there's so many rooms around. Everybody even has their own room. And I want you to know, to see this woman on stage, you would think that Radiva has a different set, in my opinion, every time you see her, because she she can go out and just say stuff, and you'll be like, where she get that from? And it's on the spot. It's amazing. It's just mm, amazing. That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about that. How are you guys using um, today's technology to market yourself and to be able to give yourself some advantages that you wouldn't have had years past? Well, Facebook is a good marketing tool. I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. you yep. know, I yep. haven't mm-hmm. set my game up to where it should be because I've heard that I could be doing so much more online. And I'm about to because um, I'm part of a Charm City Morning Internet radio show that's going to start next week. But mm-hmm. Facebook has been my, I'm going to say my number one marketing tool, and now it's becoming Twitter. And yeah, I, I have to agree with that. Facebook, yeah. you, you get to put your little statuses up and say little funny things and people, you know, start to follow you and you don't even notice it. So, yeah, mm. I definitely have to say Facebook. And, you know, with the Internet, you put yourself out there, you're letting the whole world know who you are. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And um, it's interesting you guys are talking about England. I'm actually having a guest call in from England um, on this Friday coming up. Oh. Um, yeah, so, you know, and I've I've interviewed people in Germany and um you know, they wow. can be anywhere in the world and um they can call into this show. And and listen, when blog talk radio, here's the magic about this. No one's ever gonna say, Oh, I missed you. No, you didn't. You can just download it on iTunes. You know? Oh, wow. So it's, always it's always available. available. Yeah, it's an email away. You can pick somebody and if they can't do that, email it to them. The link, you know, wow. so this thing is so portable now yeah. that everyone's got, um, you know, Apple TV and all these different devices also that gives mm-hmm. your television in the living room Internet. Now we're going into people's living rooms. 
So it's just wow. amazing all the different things that are happening right now and all the changes that are taking place. And, um, you know, we all have to just keep thinking of what we're doing because there is doors opening for people out there in this industry, but they're not paying attention to them. They're just right. missing it because they're just not plugged in. And once you right. get plugged in someplace, then you understand where you can continue to branch out and all these other things out there that you can do to get yourself um, noticed and to continue to market yourself. And um, I, I wish I was funny because Twitter would work a lot better for me if I was. <laughs> ah, <laughs> really? I don't At think least you know your role. Do we tweet? I, I don't think. I think all of us are kind of serious. I don't even find myself tweeting funny. <laughs> You know, I don't. I I think about tweeting, but I've I've never I've never tweeted yet. I've, what you see, Michael? Like you you see? Um, I don't know if this that last incident where so um, Dave Chappelle and Cat Williams were going back and forth with each other on Twitter. Mm-hmm. As comics, we have to be very protective of our ideas because yeah. we our thoughts are what we use to make us in this business. And mm-hmm. a lot of times we put our stuff out there online and people are watching us and they're snatching it. And the next thing mm-hmm. you know, Sylvia Facebook status is somebody set tomorrow. Exactly. You know? So a lot of times... And you can't even say anything. You just got to really? get over it real quick. Yeah, so a lot of times oh we can't my. even really express ourselves like we want to because our thoughts are our greatest commodity, you know? Yeah, yeah. I used to do it. I used to put a lot of stuff on Facebook until um, a very influential man named Bob Sumner. He He's the pr- producer of Deaf Comedy Jam and a, lo- mm-hmm. a lot of great shows. He hit me up. He said, Ray, stop it. Stop putting your thoughts out there because people are looking and watching. They're going to be piecing and bitten from your status, and, and you will be left with nothing. Mm. And wow. I never looked at it like that. Yeah, that's a wow. very good point as well. So I guess you really have to think it through how you want to market yourself and how much you're going to give and um, what you're willing to um, really exploit from yourself to to get out there and make yourself um, well-known. Because you guys know in your industry the straight line to to get to where you need to be. And uh, anything that's a reasonable facsimile is not going to cut it for you guys. I mean, you you, you have to start off from the very beginning doing enough free stuff just to get yourself out there. So um, you definitely can't throw away, just like you said, anything that's valuable as far as um, what you've created on the talent side of what you do. So Mm -hmm. tell us how you're using then, um, let's say, not Facebook, but um, YouTube then. Are you guys putting anything out there on YouTube? Well, yeah, I have a. There's a couple of different things that I do as far as producing shows for local networks. So mm. I have a, a couple of YouTube clips from the shows. So that's really good. That's really good exposure because it's not just they're local networks. So if you don't live in PG County, then you don't get to see it. So it's neat right, with right. using YouTube mm-hmm. that it's a way to expose to the whole world. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Now, we, we've we got a caller. Um, the last four numbers of the telephone number is 2498. Um, caller, tell us your name and where you're calling from. Hello. Oh, they just decided to bounce. Okay, that's fine. Uh, some people just call in and listen to the show. They don't realize my Facebook page is open. You can okay. just go to that page and click the link and hear the show live. And then later on as well, um, you can go to the, the exact same place and click on the link and um, listen to the show on demand as well. Okay. Hey. Now, and um, just had someone else bounce in. Um, 
0264. Who's that there? Beyond with the measure of truth. Okay. Someone else who's shy. Okay. That's fine. (laughs) You know what I think, Michael? I think what might be happening, I think they may be on there because I know it took Tasha a minute to come on. It took Rediva a second to come on. So I don't know if there's some kind of uh, connection disability in the beginning, but I know for the, those two, I know we you remember. Oh we, we no, no, yeah, oh. that that was just before the show starts because the switchboard isn't live until 15 minutes before showtime. Well, they scare everyone. And then, else, you know, yeah, <laughs> like we can see them online. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but now, getting back to your initial question, um, Michael, I've always been a full, a firm believer that there's no formula. What? Are you bringing in the groceries? What's going on? Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? I forgot y'all could hear me. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I sure did get hungry. I'm sorry. I was trying to make a sandwich. Let me sit down. Let me sit down. I complete. I'm not even going to lie. I forgot y'all could hear me. Let me just, uh, and I can't even meet y'all. Mother's going to be done with us. <laughs> It well, wasn't a good sandwich, so. It wasn't even a good sandwich. Let the me be quiet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You you only got about uh, twenty minutes, and you can go ahead and eat. So I'm quiet. You know, I'm, I'm gonna be quiet anyway. Okay. You know. And um, I, I think it was um, Sylvia. You were saying something. Yeah, I've always been a firm believer that there's no formula in this business. That's just my own personal opinion. Um. I don't think anybody can say, if you do it like this, if you do it like that, if you do it like that, and then you do it like this, you'll make it. I think it's a combination of a lot of things, at least based on the people that I've seen to get an opportunity to quote, unquote, make it. There's no formula. Well, let me just tell you this, though, and this is real. In this world of new social media, um, people want to know you, and they want to connect with you somehow. So you have to put yourself out there um, at least enough to to understand what people like about you and to give them an opportunity to communicate with you and feel a connection. And with that, that's the thing that you can sort of um, parlay into something really big, and that's really what – tweeting and the Facebook and all of that stuff is about is giving people a small portion of yourself and reserving everything that you'd want to to keep um, private and just knowing what people really want and give them a little bit of it. See, and I really, yeah, I totally agree with Sylvia as far as not being a formula. But then again, and then, Michael, I I agree with you that people want to know who you are because, like, Mm -hmm. have you, you guys seen the hot sauce mom on TV? giving a kid and I was like oh I really want to be the black strap mom because I want to bring out the belt she had the hot sauce but I really want to pe- see pe- people to know I will whip a kid you know what right mm. <laughs> but I do agree I agree with Sylvia it's no mm-hmm. particular road to fame but and I also agree with you that people do oh. want to know who you are oh no 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 I don't think you understood I agree with Sylvia as well oh okay, but, okay. but here's the thing though I, I've learned that in the entertainment industry, it's really all about relationships. It is. Yeah. And, I think that's with that, everything because if yeah. you don't know anybody, you will not get anywhere. Exactly. And everybody in the industry, if they're successful, you can best believe when you meet them, they're going to be somebody you're going to enjoy meeting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you will remember based on that. And uh, it's just as, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, when you meet somebody famous, what do you say? What do you do? 
and I always tell them, treat them like family. They will appreciate right. that. You know, if you put somebody on the pedestal, you make them uncomfortable. But, right. you know, yeah. you treat people yeah. and you try to get to know them for who they are and allow them to tell you who they are without trying to extract anything out of them, you know. You and I'm glad you treat us that way. I'm really glad you treat us that way, you know. <laughs> so put me on a pedestal. Don't put me on a pedestal. Just treat me like family. Make me a sandwich. <laughs> that is too funny. That's all I But I, you know what? I do know that people, even when you get out there on the, on the networks and you become known, the people that do that generally are only known for their 15 minutes of fame. Right. And then it's over with. I'm talking mm-hmm. about actually becoming like like a Beyonce or mm-hmm. like a, uh, a Eddie Murphy or one of those kind of people. It's just, I mean, I've seen many, many people get on YouTube or Facebook and they get 5 million hits. And the next thing you know, oh, my God, they sold, um, uh, you know, X amount of CDs. And that's it. You just don't hear well, from them anymore. It's, right. it's kind of the difference between being infamous and being famous. You know what I mean? Yes. Are you are you an Antoine Dotson where you talking about the <laughs> raper is going to come get your booty out the window? Or, you know what I'm saying, are you somebody that respects the craft? I don't, I don't think we are trying to go in that category because we're the type mm-hmm. of we're, we're working and respecting the craft, you know? Mm-hmm. Like yes. when you put the mm-hmm. time and the effort in it, when you sit down and then you write a joke or you it's it's a Monday night and you know you've been at work all day and you try to go still get on stage or you got kids and you figuring your way out still so you can go grind on on something that's not giving you a return financially but when you feel you know gratif- the gratification of making other people laugh there, I think there's a, a difference there's a different re- different reward there. Mhm. Yeah. yeah. And I and I think God blesses people too that um oh, yeah. that that can help people to um you know escape the stress and their daily um worries of life. You know what I mean? Right. Um uh-huh. and, and and that's what it's all about in comedy. It's um it's actually a therapy in itself. I think for people, everyone needs to laugh. Laugh actually, laughing makes you healthier. It, it, makes, it does. You know, mm-hmm. Merriment is good for the soul. Yeah, absolutely. So um, and and I'll tell you, I um when I was a young man, still um you know running the field and dating, um I was at the comedy club so much because I always took every first date to a comedy club. Oh. Wow! Listen them up. Listen to that. Yeah. No, it's just the oh, fact okay. that you can't. <laughs> he was hitting on a, the no, first okay. date. Hold on now. No, no. Look at that. Well, you couldn't lose. If, if, you, if you took someone out and they had a good time, they had a good time. Yeah. You didn't have to be responsible for everything that happened. So mm-hmm. it was just an easy way, you know. Wait a second, you said it, so I got to tell you, and, uh, in D.C., there are so many women who have been messed over. It took me a while to get through the concrete wall that was up. Wow. They, you know, because mm-hmm. so many women, I, I, I got to, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I'm a nice guy. My parents raised me right. But it was so hard to get women to see that person that I knew that I was because they kept trying to relate me to someone else that they had known in their past. And I hated that. Couldn't stand it. That's sad because that's not even just D.C. I think that's just us as a whole. Oh, well, D.C. is a little different because, you know, the ratio of men to women here. And um, it's just, you know, 
it's just something that um, guys just know, know to be true. So, you know. Wow. Yeah. Take them to the comedy club. That's like what I'm that. talking Loosen them up at the comedy club. <laughs> For all y'all men listening, <laughs> broken hearts, just take them yeah. on to the comedy club. Let them Get know that you ain't the man that she had <laughs> before. Yeah, yeah. Take all your angry dates to the um, comedy club. <laughs> no, because we don't want them in there heckling us. I know, right? I'm I'm sorry. Sorry. Them they don't date nobody. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you guys still deal with that nowadays? Are there people out there heckling? Oh, oh my yes. God, yes. Really? That you always got to remember. There's always somebody. There's always somebody with a little bit of low self-esteem mm-hmm. that uh, wants to make their night feel good, and um, they want to be the show. And a comedy is subjective. Everyone is not going to like you. I don't mm. care who yeah. you are. You know, some people are just going to not think you're funny, and then you're just going to have some drunken, you know, behind person in the club that just wants to be obnoxious because their life, they want to kill themselves. So exactly. They want to kill your set, you know. You know what's right. sad, though? There are hecklers that don't even know that they're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Mm. You know, and some that people is, are just amazing. Yeah, they, yeah. there are. Like I, re- I remember I had um, one lady was just oh she was nonstop. It wasn't a me, but I saw her just going in on another comic, and she just was like, "Well, I thought it was would be funny if I was a part of the show." I was like, "Well, honey, he he had his own show planned, <laughs> and you kind of you kind of ruined that." And she had <laughs> no clue. She was really yeah. like, she thought mm. she was helping the situation, and you. Mm. But as an urban comic, you have got to be able to either shut a heckler down or um, control that situation, or you are not solidified as a comic. You you lose it. Am I right, Sylvia? Yeah. Yes, you are. You have to be able to combat that situation, or or you are basically done. I mean, in an urban Mm. Setting. Right. Like yeah, if you're at a comedy club, you know, mainstream, of course the bouncer, they're going to come, throw them out. You can say a little joke, ha ha, people with you. But in an urban setting, it's so different. Like that heckler is going to determine whether you are funny or great not. Or whether you was a piece of crap, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. And you know somebody that I, I thought could handle a heckler better than anybody out there? Mm-hmm. And you guys may remember her, Shirley Hempstead. Shirley Hemphill or Hemphill? Hemphill, I'm sorry, you're right. Hemphill. I remember. He's an old friend of mine too. Old really? Yeah, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. When? Oh my goodness. I mean, she would she would lay into you until you just had to leave. <laughs> really? And that's uh, how it should be. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. We do that. Yeah. We do that because I have done that, but I really prefer not to do that. Mm-hmm. I really want people, you know, to laugh and have a good time. I really don't want to make a person the show. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think it, to be what's sad about it. I don't think any comic does because it kind of yeah. hurts your feelings because what's, you spend so much time writing your material or yeah. trying yeah. to get you. You're like, I really want to say the things that I spent time with, and you're mm-hmm. not letting me get it out. Right. Well, right. We have some comics right. that are good at that, and that's what they do. And they and some comics do enjoy that because. That's what they do. They they right. practice it on a the regular. The one-liners, <laughs> yeah, and they just ready to cut you up and when it happens. And will shut you down, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yawning. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, mm, mm, mm. Well, but, um, we, we, we've only got about eight minutes left in the show, and if you guys have um, any information you want to give out as far as how people um, can find out where you're going to be um, doing your next show, um, your websites and all of that, Sylvia, why don't you start first? 
Okay, my website, I'm at sylviaoyea.com, S-Y-L-V-I-A-O-H-Y-E-A-H.com. And I stopped putting my schedule up on my on my webpage because I had a little heckler. I mean, not a heckler, a stalker. We talked about heckle, hecklers so much. I've got to. I'm, I'm using that now. But um, I have. Uh, I'm in Odenton, Maryland tomorrow. I put up a schedule on Facebook today for the next two months of, of, of a link to all of my um, engagements. And uh, I'm thanking God right now because he, I, I, he keeps me busy. And I'm very appreciative of it. I'm very appreciative of being able to be busy. So. And awesome. Sylvia deserves it. She's been in the game for a long time. Okay. Working hard. Yeah. And, and Tasha Tasha T, what and, about you? Ma, you can catch me at Tasha, T-A-S-H-Y-A-T dot com, or my Facebook is Tasha, T-A-S-H-Y-A, because my mama thought I was special. Tummy. <laughs> T-U-M-M-I-N-G-S. And this Friday, I will be at Pizza Venti. Okay. So oh, you, you are going to be there. That's mm-hmm. the old advertisement. Okay. Okay. Come on. Okay. It's Valentine's. That's what I'm talking about. It's Valentine's. We already told you how to get them loose to come to the comedy show. Y'all come out and see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ray Davis. Okay. Well, you can also hit me up on Facebook. I'm also on Twitter. I am on MySpace, but I haven't checked that account in like a year. So, but um, I'll also be starting um, Charm City a morning show on WPBRadio.com. It'll be myself and um, Larry Lancaster, Frank Nitty. We want to oh, jumpstart okay. that and um, just you know working it out, trying to you know do big things in the world that uh. <laughs> Got a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on. Well, you know. I was just going to say quickly, Michael, um, we also do a lot of workshops in the area, too, for comedians. I've been uh, fortunate to put together some classes, and uh, Ray Divas come by and and, uh, help me out on a little bit of these. And and they really are. So we're we're putting together Mm -hmm. the next one. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to swing Tasha in there on this one because um, they, they really are two of the premier comedians in this area, and I'm delighted to be on the show with them. I am. Wow. Awesome. I know, but we don't even know how to answer that because we're so honored to be with Sylvia. <laughs> I know, we're so honored to be with her. Like, I'm, I'm trying to follow Sylvia around it and get on with her because she's just doing it big. But we just wow. want to let people know, please continue to support live comedy. Yes. It is an mm-hmm. art, you know, and we need you all support to keep this thing going in a world where everybody's so serious. Mm-hmm. So much craziness yeah. going on. Absolutely. And you know what? I want to stay in contact with you guys because I, I have some other show formats that I think might um, fit for you guys as well. I'm doing a relationship show coming up in the spring, and it's going to be called He Said, She Said. And we're going to talk about, you know, relationships, married, single, or whatever's in between. And we're going to just talk some real stuff, and we'll probably need some humor to tackle some of these subjects. <laughs> Yeah, I might be crying on that show, so I don't know if I'm the right person to be talking wow, about that. Crying, come on. I don't want to talk about it. Well, I'll keep change my life. You know what I'm saying, though? I feel like he's rubbing it in already. He said single kind of hard. Cheese and crackers. That's so funny. But, but, but Tasha, if you were going to offer a word of advice to newcomers, listen to me. Am I my co-host? Am I? Yeah, co-host? I see that. I see Go that. Right <laughs> All I had to do was hint. You know. 
<laughs> oh, wait, 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 real, real, real quick. Um, we just we supposed to have Tina Graham on. I heard that she's not feeling too well, and we just want to just tell we'll her keep our her prayers, in your prayers. With her, yes. and hope yes. she gets better really soon. She's a mm. pioneer, also. Yes, yeah. she is. Good thing, what we're going to do is we're going to have her on really soon as well. As soon as she's better and she's up to it, we're going to put her back on the schedule. And um, uh, maybe we can have you guys call in as well in the second half of this show. And, um, okay. yeah, yeah, we would love yeah. to have you all together. Yeah, that would be great. Since that was well, the plan. I'd like to shout out to all the newcomers, to all yeah. the new comics that are coming in the game right now. Fellas, ladies. Do what you got to do. Get out there. Get seen. You never know who's going to be sitting in an audience. Don't even matter if you're good or bad. Keep working. Keep working. Keep working. Keep working. Because if you do, eventually you're going to be all right. Yeah. And Sylvia, please tell you and get serious. Come on, y'all, get serious. This is not a game. Respect the craft is what <laughs> I call I a new comic. I'm like, you coming out? Uh, well, I'm watching this show. Oh no, oh no. Okay, on to the next. Yeah. <laughs> because it is. These ladies grind for real. <laughs> you know, it's like, and, and Tasha is off the chain. I laughed at her. Mm-hmm. She'll be exhausted. She'll come out to the club as soon as their eyes have some, but she's there. She wants to do it. She's there, and I yeah. love it. I do. I love it. My thing uh-huh. would be, thank you, Sylvia. My thing would be respect the craft enough to read about the craft or write mm-hmm. your books down. Yes. Like yes. I was talking yes. to one comic, and he was, I, I told him a book to read. He said, well, you read it. Can you just tell me what it says? <laughs> no. I said, you know you're lazy. Really? You probably can't read. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, look, I, I, I really appreciate you guys coming on board, and um, we read it. Had a great time, and I we're just not, appreciate We're not letting you go yet, Michael. We're going to keep it on. They're going to be saying, turn the show off. I know he's going to run off. Yeah, well, get ready to mute the mic now, so we'll get ready to close the show out. You guys can hang on there if you like. Hold on for a second. Thank you. Thank you all for um, showing up and giving us such a great show. Um, I want to say a special thanks to Kenny Mansell and also special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you. Right here, we don't just got something to say, y'all.
y'all.